Thank you very much for those songs. I really appreciated that, thinking especially about faithfulness and in Christ alone. That is where we need to be to be faithful, is in Christ alone. The story was told many years ago about a man who was wealthy. He had <clears throat> some means and he had some servants that uh, were hired that worked for him, and he planned to go away for a a long time. He was going to go into another area of the world for a considerable amount of time. The banking system wasn't that great or to be trusted, so he called some of his servants, and he said, I want to entrust my funds to you for safekeeping while I'm gone, and I don't think there was a stock market or mutual funds to invest in. I'm not exactly sure what the investments look like, but he gave uh, one man, he gave him a certain amount of money and said, you take care of this, and he gave another man a little bit less than that, and he said, you take care of this while I'm gone, and he gave another man um, less than he had given the other two, and he said, Take care of this while I'm gone, and sometime I'll be back. And I'm not sure exactly how they did it. The story doesn't really tell, but the one man that had been given a considerable amount of his funds took it and did something with it. And when the owner came back, he had doubled his money. Now, we all like investments where you double your money. Now, that's if it's a short amount of time, of course. We don't like an investment. Maybe that doubles your money over 50 years, but it's nice if it does that. And somehow this man was able to invest it and doubled what his owner had. Second man had done the same thing. He had doubled the, what he had been given and was commended for it. But the one man who had been given the least amount, and maybe this is why, because he was concerned about what he would do with it, was concerned about what would happen if the owner came back and he hadn't done things well enough and maybe had lost a little bit or something, and so he took it and he kept good care of it. He didn't didn't use it, he didn't spend it, but nothing had grown either, and the owner was not very happy about that. The first two, he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. But the one who had done nothing with what he had been given was cast out. He was, it, was, it was bad for him. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24 and 25. <clears throat> this morning I'd like to talk about being faithful to our calling. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe what that calling is. Maybe you don't know what your calling is. For some people, they have a specific calling in the kingdom. And I think everyone has a calling to do something in the kingdom of God. So if you notice in chapter 25, the story that I read there, the parable of the talents, or the story that I talked about, In its context, if you look back into chapter 24, you'll notice this is Jesus talking to his 
disciples and giving them some instructions and talking about that he was going to be leaving, basically, and he was going to be returning. And he was going to give everyone something to do, and what were they going to do with that? And you'll notice in chapter 24, you'll see there, starting in verse 29, it talks about after the tribulation, the coming of the Son of Man. You see, in starting in verse 32, the parable of the fig tree. And starting in verse 36, it says, no man knows the day. So this is the context that these stories are being uh, told is the fact that Jesus is saying, I'm going to be leaving and I'm going to go to a far country. I'm going away for a long time, but then I'm going to be coming back. So in verse 42 of chapter 24, after talking about the two shall be grinding and this and that and one taking another left, he says, watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doeth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up or broken into. Therefore be, ye, therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Verse 45 says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink uh, with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day when he looketh not for him, in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth." And then it goes into the story of the ten virgins, virgins and on into the parable of the talents that I talked about. I want us to notice one thing here specifically in verse 45 of chapter 24. It says, Who is that faithful and wise servant whom the Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? There's something about faithfulness that you don't see the rewards necessarily right away. Yes, there are rewards to being faithful. Being a faithful Christian brings a life of, re- of peace and joy and comfort now, but there is coming a time when our faithfulness is rewarded. We can't... Faithfulness is something that is proven over a long period of time. It's not... Something that, yep, somebody's been a Christian for a day now, so they're faithful. Well, they're faithful, yes, for that day, but give it the long haul. Is someone faithful? And that's what I'm encouraging each one of us to do today, is to be faithful for the long haul, not just for today, but for tomorrow and the next. As long as God gives us breath, let's be faithful. There's something else that to note, and I'll likely mention this again later, but over in the parable of the talents, you'll notice that it says that in verse 14 of chapter 25, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man traveling into a far country, whom he called, and he called his servants, delivered them his goods, and unto one he gave five, and another two, and another one, to every man according to his several or his individual ability and straightway took his journey. And we'll talk about that just a little bit later, but note that while we're here, that it's according to everyone's individual abilities that God gives 
something to be done. Now, when you think, when you think about different faithful servants in the Bible, I don't know who comes to your mind. I, I just thought of a number of them, and there are many more, but I thought about Noah. He was faithful. Abraham was. The Scripture specifically says that. Also, uh, Job was faithful. Uh, Joseph. And notice that some of these were faithful because they had been given a specific task. Noah, for instance, was told, you go and you build an ark and you take animals in there and you, you build it this way and you do all these details right down to the, to the, about to the peg that's driven in the boat. God gave him details. He was faithful in doing it. <clears throat> Someone like Joseph, for instance, wasn't necessarily given specific instructions that I see in the scripture about you go to Egypt and you do this and you do this and you do this but he was faithful in every setting that God took him through and that's part of just being faithful even if it's not a specific thing like uh, maybe Moses had or Noah had yet are you faithful every day the way God what God takes you through we think about Moses and Deborah David the prophets, Joseph and Mary, the apostles, and Paul, and there are many more uh, faithful servants in the scriptures. So my question is, what has God called you to do in his kingdom? We're thinking today and about Owen and Wanda and their faithfulness to the church and the work of deacon for 20 years. And I thought about maybe asking now, if you're here this morning and you're 25 or younger, raise your hands. 25 or younger. Okay, there's quite a few hands. Okay, you can put those down. I doubt any of you remember. You might, if you were five right at the time, you might remember Owen and Wanda not being in the ministry, but um, probably not. If I would ask here today, how many of you remember, let's say, Harold Myers when he was here as bishop? And uh, maybe I should ask that. How many of you remember Harold as bishop? Oh, there's more than I thought. Maybe there's probably at least a dozen of us, maybe 15. Um, if I would ask how many remember Ray Yoder? There's about four or five, and I'm not one of them. Yeah, six maybe. Talking a little bit about that whole thing about people finding someone faithful as they come behind. Those men have, have passed off the scene. They fulfilled their responsibilities. They were faithful as far as we know. But what I could also do is start going through a list. If I would have the book here that has the names of people that have been members of this brotherhood for many, many years. And I would start going down through that list. How many of you remember this, brother? How many of you remember? I look in that book and there are names. I have no idea. I have no picture in my mind. Some of them may not have been faithful. I don't know. But I am assuming many of them were faithful servants of the Lord, doing what God had called them to do in the kingdom. But maybe because they didn't have a, specific, uh, a place of, uh, where they were up in leadership or something and the, the name kind of stuck with people, we kind of forget about them. But they were just as important in the kingdom. If God called them and used them in his kingdom, they were important. And that's what I want to help you understand this morning, is that whatever God has called you to do, be faithful in it. 
And you might say, well, I'm not exactly sure what God called me to do. Maybe, maybe you don't have a specific calling. And notice I said specific. I, I don't want to say a special calling because everyone's calling is special. But is it specific in a sense that God's called you maybe this year to be a Sunday school teacher or to be a chairman of a committee or something like that? And you say, well, is that really? A well, the brotherhood puts you into that place so that you could be faithful in doing it. And it's good to be faithful in that. Maybe it's things that, that are more outside of this brotherhood that God is, is asking you to minister to a neighbor or a friend or an older person or some mission or you're involved in, in some mission work somewhere, something that's maybe not even a part of this church. Are you faithful in what God is asking you to do? You know, we can have, we can have a lot of excuses too. Sometimes we can, you know, God's asking us to do something or he really wants us to do something and well, we don't have the time, or we don't have the resources, or we don't have the, uh, some ability that we think is important for that, or I don't, I don't have as much, I don't have the knowledge I need for that, or I, I don't understand the Bible well enough to witness to my neighbor or to a friend or someone I run into, right? You know, we come up with a lot of excuses so that we don't have to be faithful to what God's asking us to do. But God is looking for faithfulness, not excuses. God isn't looking for all the reasons why we can't do what he asks us to do. He's simply looking for us to follow through with what he's asking. And sometimes we say, well, that's just a little task. Maybe someone taps you on the shoulder and says, would you be a Bible school teacher? Or would you teach a Sunday school class? Or would you give us an article for... the?" Uh, for some publication or something, well, that's, that's just a little thing. If, I, if he's not going to ask me to do something big, forget it. I, I want to do something big. I want to, these little things. To, no, God's looking for faithfulness in the little things. God did not reprimand the unfaithful servant because he didn't, because he had only given him one talent and he hadn't turned it into ten. He reprimanded him because he gave him one and he did nothing with it besides bury it. He didn't expect that servant to turn it into ten. He didn't expect the servant that he had given two to to turn it into ten. He's not asking you to do something above and beyond maybe your ability or what he, is, what he wants from you. He simply says, here's what I've given you to do, do it. And you might be saying, well, I don't know what he's given me to do. I just don't know. But I can assure you that there are some things you can know that you need to be faithful in. And one of them is prayer. God wants people praying. There are so many things to pray for. You can always be a faithful prayer warrior. There's, that's just a given. You can be faithful in your obedience and in your encouraging others. And then if someone asks you to help with something, to do something, don't just always say no. And I realize sometimes we get so bogged down with so many things that you can't be faithful in what God's asking you to do because you're being given too many things to do. And sometimes we have to say, no, I've got enough here to do. 
But sometimes we do that when maybe the enough to do is about 95% what we want to do and what we enjoy doing and what we think we've got time for. And then we squeeze about 5% in there for God and say, boy, I'm being faithful because I'm really overloaded over here with God's work. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's a lot of other things that we're doing and it causes us not to be faithful. What are the things that we turn down that could help the kingdom just because we think we don't want to do it or we don't have time or we don't care enough about that? What does faithfulness really look like anyway? What does it look like to be faithful? And the first thing that I put down was obedience. Obedience to God, to God's word. When the Holy Spirit maybe is, is, you know, you just know that the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to do something. Maybe speak to someone. Um, I, I, there's times when I've, you know, there's maybe been someone and it just, you just all of a sudden you feel like I really need to say something to this person. And sometimes I've been faithful and often I have not been. Obedience. Are we obedient? And I would say first and foremost, obedient to this word. The, if you look into the scriptures and you see those that were faithful followers of God, they were the ones that when God said do this or do that, they did what God told them to do. And you can see that especially with people like Abraham and his faithfulness. Serving others rather than self is part of being faithful. And that comes through humility. And the whole thing of, you'll notice when it says here, thy good and faithful servant is what the scripture says. If we are going to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, we will be his servant. Now, I realize sometimes we say, yeah, but no, wait a minute, wait a minute. The, Jesus said, I don't call you, you know, sir, I call you friends. And yes, we're his friend. But we are servants of God. We, we serve him because he first loved us and we love him and we want to serve him and be obedient to him. Faithfulness is doing. You can't be faithful and not do something, I don't think. I, I thought about that. I was trying to think, how can someone be faithful if they, if they don't do anything? And they can't. Faithfulness comes back to what are you doing in God's kingdom? What are you willing to do for God? If you have, if you have a child, for instance, and you give them a chore to do, and they don't do it, you would say they're not very faithful at doing their chores. They just didn't, they're not faithful. I've got to figure out a way to make them more faithful in doing their work. I wonder sometimes if that's how God feels when we don't do the things he would like for us to be doing to be faithful. Faithfulness is also a commitment tied to a relationship. Now think about that a little bit. Commitment tied to a relationship. Lord willing, we're going to have a wedding here next week. And uh, young couples here this morning, Larry and Laura, and have a wedding. They're going to make a commitment to each other and to be faithful to each other. That's part of marriage. 
You make a commitment to be faithful to each other. Till death do us part is what we say. That's what the scripture teaches. But if you pull the relationship out of that, the faithfulness, you may still be faithful. There are people that are faithful, but the commitments, the relationship's gone. They've, they've kept the commitment, but they've lost the relationship. And I think that can sometimes happen to Christians. Yeah, I said, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'll do what can I, yeah, I, I'm not going to disobey the word. I'm going to keep on being faithful to the word. But the relationship with Christ is either gone or it's kind of dull. It's just not there. You work on the relationship, and the commitment is not a problem. You work on the relationship, and faithfulness is not a problem. When you look at marriages, when there's unfaithfulness, there's often was a problem in the relationship. So, if we have trouble serving Christ, check our relationship. It, it comes back to having a heart to serve. And this is said in, in Nehemiah, it says, Thou art the Lord, the God who did choose Abram and brought us him out forth out of the Ur of the Chaldees and gave him the name of Abraham and foundest his heart faithful. You see that? Yes, we know Abraham was faithful. God would ask him to do things. He offered, told him to offer his son. He told him to go here and to go there and to do this and to do that. And Abraham was faithful. But why was he faithful? It says that, and found as his heart faithful before thee, and made us a covenant with him to give him the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Gergesites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and hast performed thy words, for thou art righteous. He found Abraham's heart faithful. And I believe that's why Abraham did the things he did because he was faithful. He had a faithful heart to God and he had a relationship and he wanted to serve his God. Turn to the letters of Timothy, or that Paul wrote to Timothy. Turn to Timothy 1 to start with. We'll go to chapter 1 of 1 Timothy and start reading at verse 11. In this context, Paul is talking about the law and his own doctrine that he had been given and that he had taught. And so we're kind of jumping into that in verse 11. And it says, it says here, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, or it was entrusted to Paul to share with the Gentiles. And then in verse 12 he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, 
But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus might Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Now unto the king eternal immortal invisible the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is saying here that, first of all, he was thankful that God actually found him faithful and put him into the ministry. And to the ministry, in this case, was Paul was, that was his specific calling. And I would say for any of you, anyone can say, or you should say, that you're thankful for what God has called you to do, or is calling you to do, or is using you to do in his kingdom, uh, whatever it is. And then, he's, then he goes on to talk about his past life. And I think sometimes that's what hinders us from being faithful in our current state of life is because we look back and we say, well, I don't know if I can really do this. I don't know, is God really wanting me to do this because I did this back here. I haven't been as faithful in, in the past as I should have been. And, and Paul says, look, Christ called me as a pattern to anyone that comes behind that they can see his long-suffering because he actually called me and called me to be in the ministry to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, of, who, he said of sinners of whom I am chief. But Jesus Christ, he said, came to save those sinners. He says, I am the chief of, of sinners because I did all these horrible things. And yet, when Paul turned his life around, when God got a hold of him, says that, I'm thankful that God found me faithful and put me into the ministry to share the gospel and that he entrusted, really, the gospel to the Gentiles, to Paul. So if you're here this morning and you're looking back and saying, well, I don't know if I can serve, I don't know if I can be faithful, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're even wondering if you should even continue to be a Christian because of things in your life that have happened or whatever. It says here that Jesus is long-suffering, so much so that he took someone who was persecuting the church, killing the Christians, doing horrible things, and called him and entrusted him and found him faithful to be able to entrust to him the ministry. And keep in mind that there was probably at least 10 years between the time that Paul was originally on his way to Damascus to the time that Silas went and found him there in Tarsus and brought him back to Antioch and before they would have headed out on their first missionary journey. There was a time period there. Yes, he was possibly in Arabia during some of that time and so forth, but he was faithful during that time. And then God used him and sent him all around the world and gave him much of the New Testament to to pen, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Turn over to the second epistle to Timothy, in chapter 2. And this goes along a little bit with this idea of passing on 
the torch and passing on the responsibilities, whatever they might be. And especially maybe thinking this morning of, of Owen and Wanda stepping back and Owen turning this over to Tim and Tim taking it on. It says here in chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, for no man at war entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chose him, chosen him to be a soldier. Stop reading there. Paul is telling Timothy, and Paul in this letter knows that his time is not long until he'll be gone. And he's telling Timothy, remember what I have taught you. Now I want you to pass this on to faithful men. Look for people who are faithful, who will also be able to teach others also. So from Paul to Timothy to these faithful men who will be able to pass it on to others. There's four, four generations of the gospel, if you will, there. Looking for faithful men. And then he tells Timothy, be willing to endure hardness. Don't expect that if you are truly being faithful to Jesus Christ, that life's going to always be easy. Well, I'm being faithful. Life should be easy. No. Paul tells Timothy, endure hardness. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be tough times. And Paul recognized that because at this point, Paul was sitting in a Roman prison, quite likely, waiting to be executed. He knew. You can see that further into this letter. He knew his time was up. He knew it was over. But he also said he was he recognized that he, he believed he had been faithful. And because of that, there was laid up for him a crown of righteousness. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, and I would like for each of you, and myself included, to put our name in this verse. It says here, Paul writing to the church at... Um, Colossae says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Put your name in there and say, Take heed, you, whoever, this morning. Take heed to the calling, whatever it is, that God has given you, that you have received from the Lord, that you fulfill it. That means that you're faithful in whatever God has called you to do. And I would just like to say here, close of the message, that um, to Owen and Wanda, I just want to thank you for your many years of service here. And I'm assuming you'll be doing things in the kingdom continuing. You're going to continue your faithfulness, but especially thinking about your 20 years of work in the ministry as a deacon. Um, and I just want to thank you for being faithful to that. Thank you for your faithfulness. 
and for caring about others and the things that you have done. And we're going to miss working with you. I was thinking about this. Um, Owen, over these 20 years, we've probably been to at least somewhere over 200 ministers' meetings together, um, if I got my math right. And we've probably, I know we're not always both here the same Sundays, but uh, since I've been bishop here, we've met on Sunday mornings before the services. We've probably met in that little room down there somewhere over 750 times uh, before services and uh, talked a little bit about this or that and prayed for the service and so forth. And so uh, I just want to bless you for all of that time and effort and work that you've done, and I've appreciated working with you and uh, look forward to what God's going to continue to do for both of you and the kingdom, and I'll bless you for that. And I would just like to encourage the rest of you this morning that even though uh, it may not be something in the leadership team that God's called you to do or whatever it might be, there's so many responsibilities here that many of you feel that we don't even realize, uh, keep it up. Be faithful. The brotherhood is made up of faithful followers of Jesus Christ, those that are faithful to the end. And will those that come behind find us faithful? Let's pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning that you are a great faithful God. Thank you for that message we heard recently about your faithfulness. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be faithful now in your work, in your kingdom. God, I know Satan is out there to destroy everyone here and our brotherhood and brotherhoods around the world. But I pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us to be faithful so that we would be able to just show your love to others and to further your kingdom until you come back to receive us unto yourself. Lord, I just pray for the rest of this day that it would be a good day of fellowship and encouragement, especially to Owen and Wanda. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.